lifting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Boost Mobile, where you never need a service contract and every plan comes with your own mobile hotspot and 99% nationwide coverage. Buy summer skates, personalized shower shoes or koozies for yourself or the entire team. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Whether it's the Jive Chicken Sandwich or the Double Brisket, we are the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. By M-Drive, you're not too old. Go to mdriveformen.com for all of your men's health needs, from multivitamins to workout recovery. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. UNLV Hockey, play ACHA Division I in Hockey Mad Las Vegas. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com. No one knows goalie and their equipment better than we do. Caesars Resorts and Casinos. An iconic vacation awaits you no matter which Caesars Resort you make your destination. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the league's eight teams, home of college hockey champions. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, NCHC hockey fans, independent hockey fans, uh, any hockey fan. You're all welcome. It's College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado. My co-host is always lounging out on that uh, – palatial estate on Long Island, probably as a servant's bringing them cold drinks as we speak and is all ready to go as I was not. As you could tell by the delay, I was trying to figure out how to get my app to open and it did. So we're all good, Paul. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm the one getting the, the, the servants to bring me beverages and stuff stuck <laughs> in my basement. Right? You notice how my locale stays the same. <laughs> and, you know, y- y- listening to you is like listening to where in the world is Carmen San Diego or where's Waldo because <laughs> there's probably not enough spots on the map to, to, to put down uh, where you've been. So let's let's get over can that. Can I tell you where map. I was today? Uh, well, you weren't. I, I was weren't, at Magnus Arena. Yeah, well, once again. The red carpet goes out. You know, the minute they know you're coming. Eh. Here's the beauty of it today, Paul. As I walk through the door at Magnus Arena, um, Ron Nabenbauer says, hey, I got some news for you. I'm going, like, I love news. What do you got? He goes, uh, Team USA is announcing their preliminary roster today, and we got two guys on it. You want to talk to them? I said, why not? Why not? So uh, congratulations to uh, Sean Perrins and uh, Carter Mazur who uh, both got spots in the preliminary roster, the 31-man team, as they have to break it down a little bit farther before the uh, World Juniors over the uh, Christmas holidays. But um, still a great honor to get there. I I think you and I both know that uh, Sean Behrens is probably as close to a lock as there's going to be. And uh, 
Carter is uh, a pretty dynamic 19-year-old forward. So if you need goal scoring, Carter Mazur is not a bad choice. Uh, no, I mean, listen, you got to do what you have to do. Um, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of spots. Um, it's just that that the 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 um, the the workouts and the practices and the the whatever they call them now, I don't know, um, will be almost as good as the competition. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's a hundred percent fact. And um, when you look at the guys that uh, are on that roster, it's like that defensive core is like NHL ready defensive core. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, <laughs> yeah, turn that. Got, I just off. wanted to make sure I got turn that in that there. Off. I just had to make sure I got yeah, that turn in that there. Off. Um, between Jake Sanderson and 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 Sean Barons and Tyler, and Tyler Clevin, Clevin and and. and and Luke Hughes, I mean, uh, <laughs> how do you want to go up against with those four? Well, listen, and then there's, I mean, there's going to be another three, so they're going to have probably seven, uh, just, maybe eight. I don't know. On. I mean, listen, I mean, you just and and I and I know I don't have the 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 Canadian World Junior Ch- Championship camp roster in front of me. But, oh, I mean, holy smokes. I mean. Uh, Let's not forget, the, the team that's going up to uh, Canada, Red Deer, Alberta area, is the team that uh, is the defending champion of the gold medal. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, uh, it, it's it's not a coincidence when you look at the last, I don't know, maybe the last decade or a decade and a half of the world juniors. I mean, uh, it's been either the U S or Canada and, you know, and then you, and, and, and you look at the, 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 the NHL draft and, and all any of the all American lists and it's just, it's nuts. And, you know, we'll can, sit can I tell here you and, what I think about that. What? I think that you could tell me, I don't necessarily mean I'll listen, but <laughs> I think the development programs in both Canada and the United States have taken a big jump over the last decade. They've put so much money, time, effort, skill. Um, and tonight we've got the, uh, the head coach at Colorado college coming on in about, Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe five, seven minutes, something like that. We've got Chris Mayotte joining us and, um, he will be an assistant coach again, and he uh, won the gold with them last year. And uh, we already know he's a heck of a coach. So you just look at what the, uh, you know, what the, uh, the skill level is at the coaching staff and the development part of it. John Van Beesbrook at the top of it. Um, that's why. That's why you're seeing the dominance. I just don't think the other countries have been able to keep up. Well, listen. I mean, the the the. The, um, you know, the, you look at the other teams. I mean, uh, the Swedes are always going to battle. The Russians are always going to battle. Um, it just kind of kind of actually comes out to numbers, you know. Um, and uh, you know, the Canadians have always kind of done their thing there. And like you said, once the U.S. put the National Development Team program into in, into action. Um, you know, 
they took this tournament much more serious. I mean, this was basically a Canadian dominated tournament. Uh, and, you know, it was almost an after, not, I don't want to say an afterthought because <sighs> that makes it seem like this tournament wasn't important. Um, I would tell you, obviously, uh, scouts and NHL teams have always thought this tournament was important. It pits the best against the best. And, but it's just kind of taken another level. And part of that, of course, is the fact that um, more exposure. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, so anyway. These games are all on TV now where most people can see them. As as with uh, the the congratulations of guys that got on the preliminary list, there was also some disappointments. And I know talking to Coach Carl today, he was still disappointed that Shai Booyam uh, didn't get on that roster. But it's a numbers game, and I think he knew it. But uh, very happy to have two. Um, I think uh, Josh Doan, with what he's shown over the last year for sure, probably thought he had a spot or probably deserved a spot. Well, and, but- uh, and he's not on there either. No, well, the question I would ask, and I don't know this, and maybe I should. Uh, if you want to take me to the woodshed for not knowing this, go ahead. But um, are these guys eligible next year? Yeah, if you're under 20. Yeah, if you're under 20 next year. Okay. Like I, I'm talking with Sean Barron's today. The kid's 18. Right, <laughs> and he's probably going to be an NHL defenseman next year or the year after. So will he hang coach, around? I don't think Coach Carl wants to hear next year. Uh, no, I don't think he does either. But let me tell you, if you want to see a kid that's made a difference, just watch this weekend series at at Arizona State because if you remember and if you can go back and look at the opening series against Arizona State in Denver, he was pretty raw. He was pretty raw. Uh, when I stood next to him today, he's already gotten bigger. There's no doubt about that. I joked with him. I said, many people probably want to know what your game is. And I said, can I tell him? And he goes, sure. And I said, I think your game is your puck-moving, assist-generating, strong defenseman. He goes, yeah, that's pretty good. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I heard you. I heard it. <laughs> Everybody can hear it tonight. It's going to be online tonight, my interview with both of them. So uh, that's a lot of fun. Let's take a quick break, Paul, and let's come back, and let's bring on the head coach at Colorado College in three minutes. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom phil kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man 
have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back, hockey fans, uh, NCAA hockey fans, NCHC hockey fans, Colorado College hockey fans. Scott Strandy with you from Denver, Colorado tonight. My uh, co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. And Paul, it's our pleasure as always to bring on the head coach from the uh, Colorado College Tigers, Chris Mayotte. Coach, how are you? Hey, Scott. Hey, Paul. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm good. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope so uh, for you too, Coach. Um, uh, I'll, I'll start things with an, an, an off-the-ice question. Uh, we talk to a lot of coaches, and they always tell us, ah, the off-season is actually crazier for us than during the season. You guys have had a couple of weeks off now, and if, and, and if I judge anything, and maybe I shouldn't, but – it's easier that way from uh, the social <laughs> Don't judge media. him because not I got to see him tomorrow. He's probably going to whoop that, me. I'm not talking about judging the coach. <laughs> I'm talking about just, just judging from all the social media posts. Uh, I don't think you spent too much time in your office over these last two weeks, did you? No. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things is, you know, you don't really like a break in the schedule. Um, you know, I, I think we were in a good place and, and, you know, for your guys and for us as a staff, you kind of get out of your routine that, that you get pretty comfortable with. Um, but it was a great opportunity for our staff to get out on the road. And, um, you know, and we've been really, really active in terms of bringing kids to campus. I think, I, you know, I can't think of a, of a week where we haven't had at least one. And usually we have multiple kids coming in at, at a time. Um, but it was a great opportunity for us to get out and, and get to them. And, and obviously the assistants do that. Uh, pretty regularly, but I think for myself, it was great to get out and, um, and introduce myself and, and go and watch kids play and, uh, and meet families in, in their setting rather than them always having to come to, to see us. Coach, the, uh, the last time you played a hockey game, it was an incredible hockey game. If you can say nothing, nothing is an incredible hockey team, uh, hockey game, but I thought you guys were really impressive against what is now the number one team in the country. Tell us about that weekend because – uh, I, I'm always impressed by how you change um, your, I don't know what the right word is, how you adjust, uh, whether it be in-game or whether it go from game, from night to night. But 0-0, zero, zero, nothing, nothing. Paul will shoot me if I say 0-0, zero, zero, but nothing, nothing. That's pretty, that's pretty stellar defense against the number one team in the country. 
you know what? It, it was a really good game for us. And unfortunately, you know, we went the, the entire weekend without scoring a goal, uh, which is obviously something that we that we worked on a lot over the over the break and, and something that obviously has to improve for us to be, you know, a real threat this year, which which we believe we have the, you know, the mentality. We believe we have the character, um, you know, but if you're if you're not scoring, it's hard to win. Uh, but I thought it was a great bounce back for our guys. Um, you know, I, I didn't think the Friday night game against Duluth, the score got away from us. I didn't really think the game got away from us. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but I, you know, I thought we were playing okay. It's just, uh, it felt like all they, you know, they finished a lot of their chances and, and we gave up, you know, too good of chances in, in a lot of areas. Um, but our guys bounced back and, and I think we it was refocused and that's why this league and not just this league, but college hockey is so hard because you have to beat a team twice in a weekend, you know, to have a great weekend. And, and it's hard because everybody uh, has pride. Every, and it doesn't matter what your record is, you're playing to win. Um, but our, and I did think it was an exciting game for, for it being a, a nothing, nothing game. I thought there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, you know, I thought both teams played well, but I thought for us defensively, we just took another step, um, you know, in terms of how we want to be and how difficult we were to play against. That was by far our best performance. Uh, we graded out chances and we, we graded out that we only gave up six chances in that game. Wow. Uh, and That's incredible. That it is. It, it, it really is. And to think, you know, we, we didn't have Logan Will. We didn't have Hunter McCown. Uh, we didn't have Chase Foley. Uh, you get beat five nothing the night before, um, you know, and and it's the best team in the country right now. And and so uh, to to turn around and be able to do that, I, I think for us, that's why I think it, the break was you know potentially at a bad time for us. It allowed us to get healthy, but I think for us, you know, to to be able to put together that type of defensive uh, performance was something we were really hoping to build on, uh, and hopefully, you know, we can still do that. I think we've. Uh, our guys have been pretty focused over the last couple of weeks. And, and, you know, the, the only thing that I guess concerns uh, you as a coach or us as a staff isn't, uh, isn't our bodies at this point. It's whether our minds, uh, you know, can pick up where, where, the, where they left off and playing midseason hockey. Well, coach, that was the, the, the next question I was going to ask. Um, when, when you don't score, and, and I don't really care what level it is, when you don't score, um, kids have a tendency, or even in, even in the NHL, they have, people have a tendency to start squeezing the stick, so to speak. Um, is there anything else you can do other than just say, hey, guys, the chances will come. Just keep working, keep working, keep working. Uh, is there anything else that you can kind of do, or or do you, do you have to approach things in a different way when that starts to happen? Yeah, I, th I, you know, I, I think the way that we play offense, um, you know, I, I don't think you're, you're scrapping everything, right? Like, I don't think right. you're, you're going back and you're like, all right, well, we're going to, we're going to redo it all. Um, you know, I think there, you have to find maybe where it's falling just short and, and really pick apart the, the small details in it. Um, you know, and for us, a lot of it we felt was, uh, was our scoring habits um, and and was our timing uh, and was some of our poise in certain situations. And so, you know, not that 
uh, we think we're we're completely fixed, and you're all of a sudden going to see you know the Toronto Maple Leafs out there this weekend. Um, <laughs> but you know you have to work on something for people to believe that something's going to change, right? right. Um, and so I think for us, a lot of it was our scoring habits, the way we present ourselves in scoring areas, the way we get to scoring areas. Um, again, it wasn't like we were, um, we're changing everything that we're doing. We just believe that, you know, the version of us on Friday will be better than the version of us against Duluth. Um, and, and in a lot of different ways. Uh, but you know, you do need to, um, you do need to find ways to, to continually improve. And especially when you're not getting the results, because then I think it's easy to say, well, if we're not improving in this or if we're not working on something or if coach, you don't have a solution or, or, you know, a plan on how this is going to change, well then how can we expect it to? Um, and, and so, you know, we did a deep dive as a staff in terms of, you know, what we're creating, what we're not creating, where there are opportunities to create more, um, you know, and so it's all within our, our, the structure that we've had all year. Uh, there's little tweaks here and there, but then hopefully building the confidence through, uh, you know, the repetitions in practice, the skill sessions, um, you know, you get two weeks, two weekends of no, of no games. You can really sit there and, you know, we did a lot of forward D splits. We did a lot of skill sessions. We did a lot of, you know, just goal scoring work and on the individual versus team concepts. And hopefully that, uh, hopefully that carries over. Well, because, uh, how much of his and, and and I don't think if anybody thinks that it's a lack of work, I, they, they're crazy. But how much of it is just that you guys are so darn young? Well, I, I think that's a part of it, um, you know. But at some point, that has to turn into you know you can't be young anymore, right? Right. Uh, and I think we're getting there. I I, I do. I think our first and and I'm I'm sure I've talked about it on here before is the first lineup that we put to get out on against St. Lawrence. We had 13 forwards dressed. We had 16 career college hockey goals in those 13 forwards. Right. Um, and so, you know, there just wasn't, uh, there wasn't a ton of experience and there weren't a bunch of guys that uh, the rest of the guys on the bench could look to um, in terms of knowing who's, who's the guy. Uh, we have guys that, you know, we believe are, are going to be good and they were creating chances, but you look, you know, Gleason has had a good start. Jordan Byros had a good start. Logan Wills had a good start. Um, you know, Stanley Cooley's had a good start. So now all of a sudden you start to get towards that mid part of the year and those guys are, are you know, two thirds a point a game, close to a point a game type of guys. And all of a sudden, you know, those are the guys that I think have stepped up and, and now um, their confidence is growing. And so I think, you know, I think that at some point they can't be considered young anymore and, and not from the outside, but from ourselves, right? right. Um, we have to sit there and say, okay, um, you know, we have to start relying. We have to start having guys that we can rely on. And I think those guys are growing into that. I think one of the things with being young, it's not just age, it's not just freshmen, sophomores. Um, but if you look at the, you know, the returners from last year, it was obviously a shortened season. Um, and then we had three guys, you know, Slavin, Copeland, and Crookshank, who, you know, they were the guys that were relied right. upon. They were the guys out there in the crunch situations. They were the guys out there down a goal in the last minute and all those things. So not only are we young freshman, sophomore wise, but 
those moments, um, we just, we, we didn't have guys that could rely on a lot of experience and say, yeah, I know what that's like. Um, and so now our guys are getting that, you know, um, Stanley Cooley and Gleason and Byro and Waite and McCown and, and Will and, you know, it goes down the list. Like, they're freshmen and sophomores that are playing in all the big moments, you know, um, and we're not quite getting the results that, that they can look back and say, hey, uh, I remember I was in that moment and we got the game-winning goal. That hasn't really happened for us yet. But we have had moments of greatness, and, and that's where, you know, us as a staff and them as players have to keep reminding them, like, Listen, we haven't done it for 60 minutes yet. We haven't gotten the wins that we wanted yet. But you went to Duluth and you shut them out on the road. Yeah, I know we didn't score, so we didn't get the win. But we shut Duluth out on the road. And right. so it's it's just picking those things and making sure that that's the stuff that you're focusing on. You're always trying to improve what you think you can improve. But you still have to build confidence throughout the way. Um, and I think we're, you know, and again, that's why I think the, the break almost for us came at an unfortunate time because I do think we were building that confidence. Coach, you know, one thing you can look at your roster and uh, at the score sheets and you can say, and I've been saying this about your team all year long, is if you can keep games 2-1, 3-2, 1-0, way to the very end, when you do finally break out, it's not going to need an onslaught like you had against Air Force and get eight goals. You're going to need two maybe, three to get that win. So uh, is, it, is it difficult to keep the guys focused on playing defense? Well, I, I think they're realizing that that's our that's our blueprint, right? Um, and what we what we can excel at, and and what we can be elite at. Right now, you you as a team, you have to eventually be honest with yourself, right? And we we had one game where we scored eight goals, six power play goals. That isn't the norm for us, right? And so we can't kid ourselves into thinking that we're going to go out and beat teams four to three. We haven't shown that ability yet. We've shown the ability to shut teams down. So let's embrace that. Let's understand that we could be one of the best teams in the country at that. And so let's harness that. And so then, you know, then, like you said, it, it now you're asking the offense to score two goals a game, right? Um, and maybe three on good nights. And, and if you can really embrace that, what who we are and what we do really, really well, um, and you can be okay with that, then you get comfortable in the one ones and the in the zero zeros and the two twos, um, and hopefully the other teams aren't. And, and I think we're we're starting to get there. The Duluth game was a good example of it. Um, and so I, I do believe that we we are buying into what can make us successful. We all want to be. There isn't a team in the country that doesn't want to be the highest scoring team in the country. Right. Um, right. There isn't a team that doesn't want to go out there and be able to score five plus every night. And that's great. Um, but winning is more important. And I think our guys are starting to really see what type of team we can be, um, how tough we compete to play against, uh, how committed and how good we can be when we when we embrace that. Um, and then it's it's up to the specialty teams. And, and we talked about that over break. Like this is if this is our identity you know, then power play, it puts pressure on you. But you have to be okay with that. And you have to understand that. And you have to want that. And you have to embrace that. Penalty kill, we're not scoring a ton. It puts pressure on you. And you have to be okay with that. You have to thrive under that. And so we're trying to create those, that type of mentality that this is who we are. We're comfortable here. You know, 
try and make it uncomfortable on the other teams. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think it's growing. I, I really do. I, I think it's, I think it's getting there. Um, and like I said, I, you know, we just really, we need to start getting results to really get over the hump in terms of the confidence and the swagger, because, you know, you have to start acting like it before it can really happen. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's hard to act as if, um, if you're not getting the results. Yeah, good point. Um, I want to mention a couple of guys that stood out to me. Uh, I thought Danny Waite has been ready to make the NCAA move from day one. Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised at what I've seen from um, Brett Chorsky, and I don't know if it was by design or or how it worked for him as far as when you finally got him in the lineup, but I asked you this, I think, after the St. Cloud game. Um, he seems to be – uh, a player that just has a knack for putting the puck in the net. And somehow with that big frame, he seems to get there uh, before anybody else most of the time. He does, you know, and, and it took him a little bit um, to really he, – he, right from day one, he showed the ability to, to score and to make plays in tight um, and to think the game and, and have poise in, in situations where it's hard to. Um, he really has a really impressive skill set. Uh, and I think, you know, early on, it was about his details catching up and being someone that we could rely on if he doesn't score. And, and we, you know, it wasn't easy for him. Um, you know, he sat there and he watched every other freshman forward play um, and he didn't get the chance, but he continued to work for it. And we continued to have the conversations about, you know, this is why it hasn't clicked for you yet. This is why these are the things that we see, you know, throughout practice, throughout the week, that when we sit down and we decide a lineup or keeping you out right now, um, and he, and he embraced it and he understood it and, and he worked and, and then, you know, you see what he does offensively. And, and again, as we've talked about, we're a team that, you know, so far has, has struggled to score. Um, he just, he just need the rest of the game to, to catch up and, and he's worked towards that. And now, you know, he's a really valuable asset for us uh, and a really good player. Uh, and I think his confidence is just going to continue to grow. He's learning how to play, you know, the strong game. He's learned how to use his body. He's learned how to protect pucks. He's learned how to um, be strong in possession. He's always going to be good with the puck on his stick and in scoring areas. And when he has an opportunity to make a play, um, it's just really embracing the, the details away from the puck. Uh, in that possession game that I think anyone who, who watches them starts to drool over. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I have one more, and then I know Paul's got another one. But uh, my follow-up to that is, I, I guess sometimes people forget there is a difference between the North American Hockey League and the USHL. So sometimes that adjustment, and I'm not making excuses for Brett because he certainly doesn't need me to do that, but maybe that was part of the adjustment. The other thing is, um, I can't wait to see that kid as a senior because if he's six six right now, and uh, when he puts on some weight, and I, I'm telling people right now, I think he's going to put on another inch or two. Um, he is going to be a force for you if you can keep him healthy. No question. And, and he's already done that. And I think that was one of the things. And, you know, and, and he, he had a really good mentality. He's, he's focused. He's driven. Um, part of the reason, you know, that he was, was really excited to come in this year and that we brought him in was – the weight thing and, and getting in the weight room. And um, even if he's gaining strength and, and putting work on his body while the season's going on, we just thought, 
you know, it was, it was the right decision. And, um, and, and he has, he came in at 183. I think he's up to 195 already. Um, and it's good weight. It's just, that's the type of frame that he has that there's so much growth there, um, that he can do with his body. And, and once that becomes, you know, once he gets there, his skating is good. His edge work is good. His hockey sense is good. His stick is good. You know, once he gets his body there where he's consistent and he can, he's leaning on guys, not being leaned on. I mean, look out. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play against him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coach, um, I know he's only played two games, but when you have a goals against average of 0.63 uh, and a save percentage of 97, uh, you expect to at least be one and one in those games. No, I mean, Matt's come in and played a couple of games big for you guys. And, 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 and Dominic has uh, been uh, very steady and, and, and made some big saves, even though the wins aren't there. Yeah, our goaltending has been good. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's been great yet. Um, we've had great moments, um, you know, but I think it's I think it's been good. And I certainly think it's been a positive for us. Uh, and, you know, one thing with Matt and, and he didn't play, you know, he played the second half of our exhibition against Air Force. And he didn't play again until uh, the second half of Friday night at Duluth, uh, you know, when we made a change mid game. And, but the thing with Matt is that he wasn't waiting for his opportunity. He works every day. And so when he got the opportunity, he was prepared for it. And, and I think that's something that I've seen it a few times before. Um, a kid, Nick Ellis comes to mind when at Providence college, he, he sat behind John Gillies for two years and worked his butt off every single day. Um, played, I think, 10 games total in his first two years. Uh, John Gilly signed in, in Nick Ellis's junior year. All he did was set the goals against and save percentage records at Providence College. Um, you know, and, and it's an it's a example of guys working to be prepared for their opportunity rather than waiting. And I think a lot of times as a goalie, it's easy to wait because there's only one guy that plays. So you assume, hey, once once he doesn't, once it's not his turn anymore, it'll be my turn. Um, you know, but the guys that work for it really uh, give themselves a, a great chance to be successful when it comes. The guys that wait for it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip at that point. So I give a ton of credit to Matt uh, and Dom's been good for us, you know, and, and Dom's work ethic continues to grow, continues to improve. Um and the presence that he has, obviously, he's a big kid, and and we see the skill set and and all the tools that he has, uh, and I think they I think they push each other, and I and I think it's a good duo. Uh, I I really like the tandem, and and now it's just about, um, you know, it's about putting it all together at the same time. It's it's the goaltending, it's the specialty teams, uh, it's the five on five play. I feel like we've had, um, you know, we've had one one of the two or one of the three pretty much every night. Um, right. We've had two out of the three, a few nights, uh, you know, and, and really you need three out of three um, to really be successful and, and take a crack at it. So um, hopefully we can start to get, get that consistency through all facets here this starting this weekend. Do, do the kids realize it's still really early in the conference season and 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 they have plenty of time to make a run here. 
at the same time, obviously focusing on just the next game? I think so. I think there's always, I think in college hockey, there's always urgency. Um, you know, it's, it's the nature of the schedule, right? Uh, it's the 34 games. Uh, there's always urgency. And I think that's why it's such a great sport. And, um, you know, because every night is, is a battle because you don't get many of them. Uh, so I, I think there's always that urgency, but at the same time, I do think our guys, uh, continue to believe that if we just continue to get better, that at some point, we keep doing the right things, it'll turn, it'll turn for us. Um, and we'll start getting the results and, and it's hard, you know, uh, we're in a world right now where everybody wants results right now. And, and it's hard to have that type of poise. And, and we understand that as a staff that we're asking them to believe and to buy in and continue to grow. Um, and, and they've done a great job. And I think, you know, we have a, a, Doc Wally is our is our team site guy, um, our our growth mindset, our high performance mindset coach, uh, you know, and he keeps talking to our guys about, you know, you have guys that create sculptures out of stone and, and you know, they sit there and they hit in the same spot until it cracks. Don't stop hitting right before it's about to crack. Um, and that's kind of been our mentality is, hey, we keep doing the right things. We keep putting in the work. We keep putting ourselves in the spots where we're earning it. It'll happen. It'll come for us. Don't stop right before it's about to be great. Uh, and after this weekend, you got a nice stretch of home games too, coming up. Uh, we do. You guys aren't yeah. on the road too much. Yeah. Um, you know, we're at UNO this weekend. Then we have, um, you know, then we come back with Nodak at home, and then St. Cloud at home, or sorry, Arizona State at home. Um, unfortunately, I won't be there for that. I'm off to World Juniors on December twelfth. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, so that's that's unfortunate, but it will be good to be home again. Um, you know, our guys, our 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 crowd is fantastic. Uh, you know, and you look over the next, I guess, ten games. Um, you know, after this weekend, the the ten games after that, we're we're home. I think seven out of those ten. So it's a good opportunity for us to to kind of get some momentum going. Coach, I want to ask you, I don't know if Jerry's told you this yet, but I told him I'd come down tomorrow and I wanted to visit with your two assistant coaches, which I think is a fascinating story, and I hope I can do it justice. But he said, do you want them separately or together? <laughs> and I said, well, I think the story is if I have them together, isn't it? So he kind of chuckled with that. But uh, if you can, you've talked about it before with us, but I just want to know how things are going right now. That's unique to have Peter Menino at DU and, uh, and of course, Mark, the CC uh alum um but man they seem to work so well together and i don't think you're afraid a bit to leave them to uh to run things while you're off at the world juniors no not at all they they've been phenomenal um you know in like uh, jerry asked a good question because they're hard to separate um you know <laughs> they, they do they do a lot together uh their their connection their friendship is has grown and they had a relationship prior um through brett sterling pete menino and brett sterling are are really good friends and obviously Stewie and Sterling are close. So they've known each other for a while and they've kind of been around each other. So it wasn't brand new when they got together here, uh, which is a nice thing to have. And, and I think they, they've been incredible. They work really well together. Um, you know, they, they kind of see a lot of things, not, not exactly the same way, but they, they, they see it through certain ways with, with nice differences that just, you know, it, it allows us to be as complete as possible. Um, and they, I'm telling you, like they do, 
they do a ton together. They, they go and get lunch together. They're, you know, I think, uh, they're together on, on Thanksgiving and, and all that stuff. So, um, they're, and they're fun together. They're, they keep each other on each other's or they keep each other on their toes. Um, so you'll, you'll enjoy that for sure. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Okay. So before we get to the world juniors, I, I got to ask you just one, uh, general coaching question. Cause Paul and I have been talking about this, uh, as you know, Arizona state's independent and they have a huge stretch of about eight games now. Uh, it was actually started, I guess, with Bemidji state last weekend, but, um, as a coach approach, if you will, um, when you're an independent, and you kind of know what you have to do to, to make that uh, pairwise work for you, and things start to slip away, and maybe not because you're just not playing well, but because you're playing really good teams, uh, as opposed to being in the NCHC, because I know you can keep your guys motivated to the very end because you know that you're going to get that conference tournament, and if you're hot, you can get that auto bid. Um, it, you think that's difficult as a coach to to have to navigate that with players, or are players at the college level ready to deal with that? You know what? It, it's a great question, and in you know, I I think the world of Greg. I, I think he's done an unbelievable job. You know, and and with his staff, Fields and and Hixie, like they they've done you know just an incredible job, and and you know they're getting the rank there, and and that program is going to be is going to be big time. Um, and, and that's a good question, but I, you know, if there's anybody that I trust to get it done, it, it's Greg, but I, I, I understand the challenge and, and it's a good point you bring up. Um, you know, it's so important for them because like you said, you can't win it through an auto bid. You can't get there at the end. You can't, you know, win a conference tournament. You can't. Um, so it's, it's. I imagine it's a challenge. Uh, I imagine it's difficult, but at the same time, um, you know, guys have, they have a lot of pride in, in everything. Like I haven't been around a team and um, even the teams that, you know, really weren't competing for national championships or conference championships, um, or even when I was a player, you know, when I was at union, yeah, you dreamed about winning a conference tournament, but it, it wasn't really ever in your mind a, a reality um, but it didn't affect anything. I mean, like I said, you, you get so, so few college hockey games that it's and they're the, they're the best hockey games you're going to play in the rest of your life. And, and, you know, I didn't make the NHL, so I can't speak to that level, but, um, there's so much pride in it. It's the guys that you live with for four years, you go to the dining hall with, you study with, um, you know, you, you hang out with all the time, you know, so much about them that it, it's so much more than just you and whether you win or lose, it's, it's doing it with your best friends that, um, that, you know, plus they have a great staff. I trust that he has them motivated all the way through. I'll tell you what's, what's, what's difficult <laughs> today, coach, um, trying to figure out who to put on this world junior team. Are you kidding me? I mean, I know. holy smokes. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and I'm telling you, it's the same way every single year. Um, and we're fortunate, right? We're, we're, in a, we're, we're in the U.S. right now, and, and hockey is booming. Um, the amount of talent, this is my fourth year doing this, um, the amount of talent that, that this country is producing right now, uh, and we're so fortunate to, to have this opportunity and to be a part of USA Hockey. Uh, as much as I love the NCAA tournament, 
Uh, and obviously running the national championship is a different type of gratification because it's a long pursuit. It's a marathon. Uh, the world junior tournament is special. It's seven games in 11 days. Um, you know, and you have just world, world, world-class athletes out there. Uh, and the most impressive part, I think, and we'll get back to the roster and picking it, um, is you just watch these guys and, and, you know, and perceive the weight of the world is on their shoulders and how well they handle it and how composed they are and how they rise to the occasion. It really is um, an impressive, impressive tournament. And not just the U.S. I mean, every country that's there, it's 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 really special. Um, but picking is is hard. And I think, you know, we have the challenge this year and, and we we did in 2018 as well of, you know, we won the gold medal and you did it with a certain roster. Right. And right. we're coaches. We like habit. We like. So then all of a sudden you're saying, well, where's John Farinacci? Give me a John Farinacci for our third line center, <laughs> you know, and you're trying to find him. But maybe John Farinacci is your third line center only worked because Trevor Zegers is your first line left wing, you know, and because right. you had Spencer Knight or whatever it is. And so you can kind of get caught in trying to recreate the, the year, the prior year's lineup and, and the prior year's roster when the challenges you have to look at it completely differently. Obviously, we have players returning, you know, with Matty Veneers and Brett Berard and Jake Sanderson and Slagger, um, you know, returning to camp that were on the team last year that, you know, they've had good starts to the year. You're hopeful for them to, to come in and, and be big contributors. Um, so you have those kind of continuations, but it's, it's from scratch. And I think that's the biggest challenge is you won a certain way. You liked how you did it. You liked how you played you can't get too tied to the team that won it last year and try and replicate it, you know? Um, but we're very fortunate, like we've talked about with the amount of talent in this country and, and that's coming to camp. Um, it's going to be really exciting and, and we're excited to kind of get to work and, and, and build that thing and see how it shakes out. And I would have to think that the other difficult part, besides picking the guys that actually make the roster is when you develop that. I mean, all of these guys are used to getting first line or first pair minutes, and 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 now you, you, they have to be like, okay, well, this is where the coaches think that we're going to help the most. I mean, that's still got to be hard for for eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds to deal with. No, it is, and I and I think that's where we've been. Um... That's where I think, you know, last year's team, we've, we've been fortunate and we've been able to kind of the part of the trick, like you just said, is, you know, you have a team full of draft picks and high profile guys who have always been the best on every team and then getting them to kind of fill a role, so to speak. Um, and it and it is a challenge. Um, and, you know, when you go into this and you're trying to build it you have to remember you're not building a fantasy hockey team. Um, you know, you need matchup guys. You need tough to play against centers. You need a fourth line center and what that means and how that, you know, coach Lehman, I think does a great job of, of finding guys that fit kind of what they should be doing. Um, and, and then bringing them in and, and talking to them and, and getting them to buy in and asking them to play a certain way. Um, you know, and, and I think Brendan Brisson for us last year was a great example of that. 
you know, he was on that team and, and he was drafted in the first round because he is a goal scorer. Um, and that's where he's been and he's a playmaker and that's what he's been his entire life. You know, and he comes to our team and he finds himself on the fourth line left wing and, and he embraced it and he was really good at it. And I think it, you know, that experience is, has helped him, you know, this year at Michigan be a more complete player and really take his game to another level. But exactly like you said, that's the challenge. Um, but uh, the other thing is not only are, are, are these guys unbelievable hockey players, um, they are phenomenal, phenomenal people uh, and great kids. And, um, and so, again, in that way, we're fortunate because you give them the opportunity to play for USA and they, you know, they're like, yeah, coach, tell me what I have to do. Um, so we're, we're very fortunate as a country in that way as well. I mean, it always comes back to uh, another quote from miracle. I'm not looking for the right, the best players. I'm looking for the right players. <laughs> it's, I mean, it couldn't be more true. I'm, I'm telling you it's, and that's what it's about is, is finding that right blend. And, and I do think, you know, one thing that I think we really, um, is a huge benefit for, for us and especially in this tournament is the NPDP. Um, because our guys, you know, you get a half of your team for the most part that truly loves each other. You know, they've been through two years together when they were 16, 17 years old and they build an incredible bond. So now the challenge that we have versus other countries is we have to get the other half of the team. We have to get everybody to buy into it together. And, and it can't be, oh, the NTDP guys and the other guys. Right. It's USA. Um, but for the most part, you know, um, guys can do that because they go and play with guys at different schools and they do different things. So, so they have those relationships, but it really is about the right, the right guys. Um, and, and making sure you have the right chemistry, the right guys in the locker room, because the team that becomes a team, the fastest and a true team, um, is usually the one that, that finds themselves at the end. Coach, I want to I want to ask you this if I can, because uh, I stood next to Sean Barons today and and had a chance to visit with him. And you've been around the program for you know, like you said, for four years. And if you haven't seen these guys for a little while, and all of a sudden you get into camp in uh, in mid December, and you look at them and you go, "Holy cow, what happened to you?" Well, I had that moment with Sean today. Uh, I talked to him a couple times, and I I swear to God, he's put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle. And I'm going like, where did this kid come from? And then I said, how old are you again? <laughs> He's 18 years old. And I'm going like, good Lord. Uh, you know, it, it, do you ever have that moment when you look at these guys you've seen for a number of years and go like, what happened to you? No question. And, and it's one of the best parts is that you, you get to really know these guys and you get to see these guys at such a pivotal point in their careers. Um, you know, where, and for us, you know, we recruit them, say we recruit them at 15 or 16, or at least in, you know, when the rules allowed you to, and then, you know, they go, they play junior, they come in, you see them, you know, they leave your program. They're 22 years old, 23 years old. You get to see so much change. Um, and some guys it happens pretty dang quickly. Um, but that's why I love the job so much. And I think that's why the job of the college hockey coach is so special because you get to know these guys and their families at 16. And then 
you watch him leave your program as a man and, and, you know, you hope to um, see him play in the NHL and you remember the kid that you recruited and the very first time you saw him play and the very first time you talked to him and, and all that stuff. And that's why it's a special, uh, a special um, job, but, uh, but you see it all the time and, and it really is, you know, like even the, what I'm excited and I'm excited to see the Michigan guys, right? Right. Um, I bet you are. And, and just see kind of what they've, you know, like what Maddie Beneers looks like now and, and what Thomas looks like now, because so much changes in such a short amount of time for these guys that um, it's, it's a really fun part of the part of the process. All right. Final one for me, then I'll let Paul end it with you. Um, it, as a head coach now, and you're coming in uh, your fourth year as an assistant coach on this program, is there any adjustments for you, or are you bought in, like I'm guessing you are, as uh, my role is my role, whatever Coach Lehman wants, I'm here for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. This is, you know, and, and the fortunate thing is, you know, Teddy's obviously a part of the staff, and that's our second year uh, with Teddy. But Nate, myself, uh, Steve Miller, and Teresa, you know, this will be our third, uh, kind of our third goal as, as a staff. Um, Nate and Teresa, I was obviously with for five years. And, and I think part of, uh, you know, what is, uh, why I've been able to get this position is that Nate, um, Nate gave me a lot of responsibility and he trusted me a lot when I was at, co- or at Providence College. And so he, you know, I, I don't think anything has changed. I, I think, you know, I know that he values my opinion. I think he knows that I'm probably going to share it if I think it's going to help, or I'm definitely going to share it if I think it's going to help. Um, but at the same time, I respect the crap out of him and, and, and it's his decision and we're all here to try and get the job done. Um, you know, what, what I'll be doing this year is stuff that I'm used to. Um, I'll be doing face-offs, goalies, uh, and penalty kill with, uh, with Steve Miller, which is kind of, um, that was my role last year. Uh, it's stuff that I've been you know, comfortable with for, for 10 years. So I don't see that being a problem. All right, coach, I'm going to bring it back to your program here for one last question, because I, 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 I'm sure you had the same reaction that I had. Um, as I was doing my research, uh, I'm sitting here and it says tigers play first, nothing, nothing game in program history. My reaction was, really? How's that possible in 83 years? You had to have the same reaction, no? I did. I was like, somebody said that to me. Um, I think it was actually our radio guy in our in the post game. He's like, yeah, it was the first zero zero tie in the history of Colorado College. I'm like, come on, yeah. Be. Like <laughs> since in the NCHC or like what are we talking about here? You know? He's like, no, 83 years. Uh, and my, my, my response to him was, well, I came to make history. Well, you um, did. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, that's not necessarily how I want it to end, but I guess it's a start. <laughs> wow. I just, Coach, I we certainly appreciate your time as, uh, as always. I know you got big things ahead with Omaha, uh, Friday and Saturday in Omaha. And then you come back home, as you mentioned, to take, uh, North Dakota on at home. Um, and then Arizona state after that. And then you, uh, uh, have a holiday break. So I'll look forward to seeing you in January with another gold medal around your neck. How about that? Oh, that sounds good. I Hopefully. Um, but I appreciate you guys having me on. We'll see you guys soon. Uh, take care out there. 
Thanks, yeah, you'll coach. see me tomorrow. So be be nice to those assistant Rod. coaches, okay? I look forward to it. <laughs> see you, Chris. Have a see good you night. Good night. You too. Folks, that's the uh, head coach at Colorado College, Chris Mayad, joining us. Uh, we appreciate his time as always. It's always a big week when it's a game week and and you got to jump on with us. We're going to take one quick break. We're going to come back and wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. College Hockey returns to Prescott Valley in the T-Mobile Community Ice Rink at the Finlay Toyota Center as the Arizona Wildcats face off against the Grand Canyon Antelopes on December 11th at 7 p.m. Get your tickets for the ITHSW-WCHL Game of the Week at the door or soon at the Finlay Toyota Center website at finlaytoyotacenter.com. This in-state rivalry heads north as Grand Canyon looks to make its mark in its first year of WCHL play while Arizona shoots for its third straight WCHL championship. Join our social media for all of the pre- and post-game coverage at icetimehockeysw.com at IcetimeSW on Instagram and YouTube, and ACHA underscore ITHSW on Twitter. That's the Wildcats and Antelopes, December 11th at 7 p.m. at the T-Mobile Community Ice Rink at Finlay Toyota Center. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you, wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. This indeed is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you from Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, this is a good one as always. Every time we have Coach Mayhut on, uh, just so much knowledge and so much positivity and uh, so many good things. But uh, what did you take away from that conversation? Well, uh, listen, you know, it gets better and better every time we get we get a chance to talk to him. Uh, you know his his team is 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 right there, and 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 you can feel it when you watch and and you know sometimes uh, to to break through sometimes it just takes a bounce right. I mean, uh, you get a bounce and 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 you get a break and 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 everybody relaxes because in, in the end. Uh, when you try to do too much, and I'm sure there are nights uh, where they're not scoring that they're trying to do too much, uh, and you, you just need one thing to break through. And if if they start to get that scoring, look out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you 100%. Uh, a couple things that I took away, and I wanted to ask him the coaching question because I think Coach Powers is in a unique situation, and you and I have talked about is it good to be independent? Is it good to, to be in a conference? What What's the mix? And, you know, there's good and bad, I think, with both because obviously at Arizona State and with a new building, Coach Powers, like next year, 24 home games. It's not the home games. It's not the, the competition 
that that's a problem. Uh, the problem that I see without being in a conference is exactly what I brought up to Coach Mayotte is uh, Coach Mayotte might might only win four games before the tournament season starts, uh, but he's going to be in the tournament because he's in a conference. So here's what happens. If his team has improved and improved and improved, and and I'm going on the limb right now, and I'm going to tell you that I don't want to play Colorado College in uh, in March because leading up to that frozen faceoff, um, they could be a really, really good team. So if you don't have that, that, you know, safety net at least or whatever at the end of the year, I just wonder how difficult it is because you got to do a really good sell job on your players. And I thought he answered it well when he said, you know, the players, I've never met a player that doesn't want to play his hardest all the way to the end. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> there's your answer, right? I mean, uh, you know, there, you, there, to be a player at this level, you have to have a certain amount of inner drive. And he knows that because he was there. You know, and he was goalie. So he had to get it in his head to get in front of like 95 mile an hour pucks and things and, you know, uh, have collisions with guys coming in on him trying to beat him. And so, I mean, that's, that's where uh, greatness starts, right? From inner drive. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and I, and I just keep going back to the point. I, I agree. I don't think the players are going to, to, to throw in the towel or give up. I just wonder about the mental psyche when your goal is to get to an NCAA tournament and, and you see it slipping away early in the year because, you know, whatever, uh, whatever the reason might be. So uh, I just wonder how much work that takes to, uh, to do that. And I wonder if there's a trade-off at some point where you go, hey, you know what? We're competing, we're competing, we're competing. It is what it is. We'll, we'll let everything wash out in the end. Or if you're a guy like in Chris Mayotte's position where you go, hey, guys, just keep improving, keep improving. Uh, you know, and in the end, we'll see if we can surprise somebody in a weekend series and then three games at the frozen faceoff. Well, listen, that's kind of what you have to do anyway, regardless of whether you're in a conference or not. And, you know, when they sign to go there, wherever it may be, you know the deal going in. So no excuses. Yeah, and, I, and we didn't get a chance to mention it, but Caden Mberko, uh is a Mberico. Tiger. Mberko, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, is a uh, uh, Colorado College commit. So that'll be interesting. And uh, as I said, tomorrow I'll be there to visit uh, with uh, Mark Stewart and Peter Menino uh, in a, a dual interview. We're going to have them both sitting. I'll be in between them. Make and, sure you hit uh, the record button. Yeah, and we'll make absolutely sure we do that. And we'll make sure that we uh, – we figure out how uh, a tiger and a pioneer can come together with uh, Union, Providence, Michigan. Uh, go down the line, but listen, listen, listen. listen. What a great well, mix! What all you have to know mix. is you heard the last spot, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I said that team's name. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> Berman, you owe me. <laughs> and by the way, I will be there on Friday at two o'clock for his huge announcement, and uh, that is fantastic for uh, for his program. So stay tuned. It's uh, now two and a half days. I'll make another announcement tomorrow uh, on our social media pages. Uh, once again, Denver at Arizona State. Canisius travels across the I twenty five 
uh, from Colorado College and plays Air Force. No, so, no, no. Canisius is not traveling on I-20. Oh, they might for a short They will moment, be. But, they will be. But they're not traveling just across I-25. <laughs> not from Buffalo, they're not. Uh, no. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was giving them the benefit of the doubt being there. They weren't going to Colorado College or going to Air Force. So that'll be a, a great weekend. And then, of course, as Coach said, he will be departing, I believe, the 12th of December uh, for Team USA. And yep. uh, he will have Mark Stewart and uh, Peter Menino running the show when Arizona State comes to town on the 17th and 18th of December. So lots of great hockey over the next three, four weeks. We can't wait to see it. We can't wait to have uh, uh, Coach Mayotte right on the roster now. Maybe we can even sneak a visit with him while he's up in Red Deer. Well, uh, let's not get well. Let's 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 get through this week first, and we'll worry about. Uh, <laughs> we'll worry about on. Red Deer later. Yeah, we'll worry about that later. <laughs> All right, my friend, take it away. College Hockey Southwest Weekly from the Summer Skate Studios has been brought to you by Behind the Mask and its three Valley locations. In line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at BehindTheMask.com. By Summer Skates, outfit your entire team with personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com and click on the green squad locker tab. M-Drive, help for your immune system, building lean muscle mass and making it through the day without that afternoon crash. Go to mdriveformen.com and see how the high-protein, low-carb start shakes can work for you. Buy Burrito Express, our family recipes to your table, the place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, world-class education, and a destination city. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, stop in for lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or get the three-time Best of Vegas winning barbecue at your next event at Allegiant Stadium. Boost Mobile. You choose, you save. Mix and match any line to create your own family plan with prices as low as $15 a month per line. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts. The NCHC has it, and NCHC.tv has you covered. Go to NCHC.tv and subscribe. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio apps, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Uh, we will say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, but first we'll say a big thank you to Chris Mayotte for joining us tonight. I know it's a busy schedule, and uh, he always makes time for us, and uh, we definitely appreciate it. I will be in Colorado College or in Colorado Springs tomorrow at Colorado College uh, to do a couple of interviews. I think we have Brett Chorsky on the line, and we also have, uh, as I mentioned, Peter Menino and Mark Stewart. So good stuff coming up, and then I'll be on my way to Arizona for the uh, Arizona State-Denver matchup, our Spotlight Series of the weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, I'm sure everybody's grateful for the warning that you're coming. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of, lot, of, uh, <laughs> lot of great hockey action coming up this weekend, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Tomorrow night, uh, join us for uh, – Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We're hoping to have uh, Coach Berman and Coach Roy on to hype up their event on the 11th, and uh, we'll go from there. So good night, everybody.